We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoochie Huddle podcast. We're back after a bye week. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. We're here to break down the old brass spittoon game. For those of you who don't know, Indiana and Michigan State play for the old brass spittoon. Uh, it is one of the most peculiar trophies in a sport with a lot of peculiar trophies. Um, TJ, Indiana comes into this two and three. Michigan State uh, comes in six and oh, ranked 10th in the country. It's another top 10, uh, top 20 opponent for Indiana this year. Uh, in a year that seems like everybody is ranked on Indiana's schedule with Ohio State coming up next. How big is this game on Saturday? Well, in the trajectory of this season, it, it's it's absolutely massive. Um, you know, there was a feeling prior to the season beginning uh, that Michigan State at home was going to be a you know a likely win. Uh, things have not gone as planned for the Hoosiers, and I think the Michigan State could uh, accurately be described as one of the season's uh, surprises. I think that there was an expectation that they were going to be improved. Um, I, I don't think anyone would have predicted a 6-0 and beginning. Now, you dive into that 6-0 and beginning, and I, I, I do think it's fair to say that that 6-0 and has not come against the toughest of competition. Um, that's not to suggest Michigan State is not a good team. Uh, however, you, you know, I think a good question would be, what's the Spartans' record right now if they had played Indiana's schedule? Uh, do you think that Michigan State goes on the road and wins at Iowa? I don't. Do you think that they go on the road and win at Penn State? I don't. I think that it's probably one that you you say is the Cincinnati game in East Lansing. Is that a win for them? Don't know. Um, I think that that's a toss up for sure. But I think at, at best you're looking at a, a three and two instead of a six and zero. Oh. So they they are a much improved team, a very good team. They deserve to be ranked tenth based on their their record. However, I do think. Indiana needs to approach this game as one they really need to win and one they absolutely can win if they play the way uh, that we feel like they're capable of. Yeah, Indiana comes in, um, you know, there's been a lot of injuries, and we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, Taiwan Mullen and, and Reese Taylor today were listed as game-time decisions by Tom Allen uh, in his press conference. 
Michael Penix is week to week with the the shoulder injury. So, I, you know, I, I think Jack Tuttle will start, but it hasn't been officially uh, decided in a, in a, in a move, a gamesmanship move, which is anytime you can make a team prepare for two guys, uh, you make them do. Um, sure. So, and, and Indiana does not have a building across from the practice field that we can um, send somebody to with binoculars to see who's taking first team's reps like they did at Oklahoma and then shut down all yeah. media availability for the rest of the, the rest of the week. But, you know, it, it's, this is, I, I think the biggest or most important game of the Tom Allen era to date. Cause if you, if you go, if you lose Saturday, you're going to, you're two and four, likely two and five after Ohio state going to Maryland with zero momentum. And we've already seen on on social media, on ticket sales, the fan base just kind of has abandoned this team right now, and they'll reevaluate. So um, the back half of the schedule, although it starts real tough, gets a little bit lighter um, with Michigan State, with Minnesota, um, Maryland, Rutgers, Purdue. Uh, you do have to go to Michigan, however, uh, and it's just you got IU has to win this game. If you're going to be taken seriously as a program, this is the game you have to win. It's a ranked game at home. Yeah, the crowd's probably not going to be great. It's a, a noon game on on homecoming. The weather's kind of iffy, um, dry, but probably pretty chilly finally. And, you know, Michigan State doesn't bring a great crowd uh, to IU, which is kind of surprising since it's an easy drive. But it, it's a game IU, you you got to have. It's a, you got to have it. And I think, you know, if if Jack Tuttle plays well um, and takes care of the ball and these last two weeks uh, of preparation where you, you've hopefully gotten guys healthy, uh, which is why today was a little discouraging with, with the injury report. But, you know, you hope guys are healthy. You hope you fix whatever issues were on the, the offensive line. Uh, and you had your, your come-to-Jesus speeches with, with Coach Hiller and, and Coach Sheridan about what your offense wants to look like. Um, you should be all right. And, you know, Michigan State comes in with the nation's leading rusher and Kenneth Walker, who's yep. a legitimate Heisman candidate. Uh, and I've, I've been watching a couple of Michigan State games uh, here in the last week, and he, he's really good. He's explosive. I don't know why he left Wake Forest um, if somebody was ahead of him, but it's hard to believe that he wasn't the clear-cut starter there. Um, but he's, you know, he scored a touchdown on the first play of the season for him. Uh, he, he can score from anywhere on the field. And uh, they have two wide receivers who, who could really play, too. So, you know, it's it's going to be a, a lot tougher than than people thought in at the beginning of the season. So it, it's this game is I, I think if you go if you lose this game, I use the program's not dead in water, but you could probably close the book on. Um, on the 2021 season. 
and maybe they they beat Maryland and make a run at, at six wins. Uh, but it's it's hard to think that without any momentum, that a, a team who in Maryland's given IU fits since Tom Allen has been uh, has been the head coach, that that they'll you know reel off a couple wins in a row and and things like that. So it's it's hard to see. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, TJ, let's look at. Uh, that Kenneth Walker, uh, the Kenneth Walker matchup. I made that my matchup to watch uh, for the site is Kenneth Walker against Cam Jones and Micah McFadden. I think you have three yeah. really, really good players um, there in that matchup. And if Indiana is going to contain Kenneth Walker, I don't know if you could stop him, but contain him. Um, and they've done a pretty good job against the run for uh, most of the season. It's going to be have to be uh, due to the linebacker play. And, and Michael McFadden and Cam Jones, they, they have 27 tackles each. They've combined for eight and a half tackles for loss. Uh, they're going to have to play their best game on Saturday. Uh, what's your take on that matchup? And, and did you have a different matchup to watch? I think you, you hit the nail on the head here. And another kind of part of that is, if you're thinking about additional run support, you'd probably bring a safety into the box to give yourself some additional run support. If Taiwan Mullen or Reese Taylor, or you know, God forbid, both of them are out or limited on Saturday, uh, you're you're going to be reticent to do that. There's going to be some real hesitation from the coaching staff to bring safeties into the box because you cannot leave or you don't want to leave inexperienced corners that really, if, if I use without both Reese Taylor and Taiwan Mullen, I mean, you are looking at a scary corner situation, not in terms of talent. There's still talent at the position, but in terms of the depth at the position and most importantly, the experience, Outside of Jalen Williams, they're just there's not going to be guys that have hardly any playing time uh, on a, a Big Ten stage. And Michigan State has Reed and Jalen Naylor that can absolutely hurt you over the top. I mean, uh, three 90-yard-plus plays against Rutgers uh, just last Saturday were the difference in that game. And Peyton Thorne has shown to be a, a pretty good thrower uh, of the deep ball to those guys. So you cannot leave those corners on an island without safety help. So you're going to be telling uh, the linebackers, hey, guys, it's up to you to slow this guy down. We are not going to be giving you extra help because our corners need it against these receivers. So that's an extra wrinkle that might come into play. Uh, but I, I think you're 100% correct on that. I do think um, – you know, one of the matchups that's going to be really interesting will be Michigan State's defensive line, which currently leads the Big Ten in sacks. Uh, that defensive line against IU's offensive line and whoever's the quarterback. If it is Jack Tuttle, he's going to need that mobility. Uh, just realistically, IU's offensive line is going to struggle a little bit against Michigan State's front. They do a good job of getting pressure. They do a good job of bringing pressure with some extra blitzers. 
for instance, Xavier Henderson, their safety, has two sacks on the year. That's coming on a blitz. Quaverius Crouch, a linebacker, two sacks on the year. They've got a corner with a sack. Uh, and then, you know, Jacob Panashuk, uh, another in a long line of that family that's played at Michigan State. He's got four and a half. They've got another defensive end at three and a half, another one at two and a half. So they get pressure from a lot of different places. IU's offensive line has to be up to the challenge. And Jack Tuttle, if he's a quarterback, is going to need to be getting rid of the ball quickly and utilizing his legs, which is something that I hope we see more of, is some more of the quarterback run game. It doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, 10 quarterback designed runs. We don't want to see that. That probably wouldn't be real successful with Jack Tuttle. But when a play breaks down a little bit, he's got to be willing to use his legs to pick up some yardage as opposed to taking a sack. Making quick, decisive uh, decisions, which I shouldn't have said it that way, but quick decisions to get yardage as opposed to taking a sack or making a poor decision and throwing the ball someplace you shouldn't be throwing it, like into coverage and turning the ball over. Uh, that's been a, a theme with Michael Penix was forcing the ball into places that it shouldn't have been going to, and it gets picked off. So the decision-making against pressure for Jack Tuttle is going to be something that's uh, going to have to be good on Saturday for IU to, to be able to have a chance. I agree. I think Jack Tuttle needs to take a, a page out of the, the Sean Clifford playbook. Um, Clifford did a great job of extending the play with his feet, putting the defense yeah. into um, really difficult situations of choosing, do I guard the quarterback? Do I guard the receiver? And, and things like that. Um, Especially you know, on third down. It, yeah. It's killed I repeatedly on third downs when you felt like you were about to get a stop and Clifford would either scramble for the first, picking up just enough and getting out of bounds or sliding down. Or you're right, extending the play, and then the coverage, you know, lets up a little bit. Or you commit to stopping Clifford, and he flips it over you for a nice game. You're right, that happened a lot, and that would be that's something that I think Tuttle is athletically. We we know he's capable of that. You're right. And then you know, to go on your point, it, it's it'll be his first home start. Should he start? I fully expect him to start. Um, you know, who's going to catch the ball? Um, you have Ty yeah. Fry Vogel, who they've dropped some. You know, it's a home game, so you're not, you know, you're not constricted by by the dress list anymore. Are you going to – we saw Malachi Holt-Bennett on uh, against Penn State. Uh, do you see somebody like Jordan Williams come in? Um, you know, Deshaun Brown. Do you, somebody needs to step up uh, around there. You know, because the, the loss of DJ Matthews, it, it was killer for this offense because he was that dynamic player who had more speed than most of the people on the field. And right now, IU just doesn't have it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting how they use it and then how they use uh, Peyton Hendershot as well on, on offense because he's had two back-to-back -back outstanding uh, games, one uh, 100-yard game against Western Kentucky and an 83-yard game against Penn State. Uh, you know, but for me, another another key, you, you alluded to it, um, TJ, uh, 
is taking care of the ball and then being efficient in the red zone. So oh, right man. now, in the, it, it, yeah, that's exactly the the reaction every fan you know has had. You know, Indiana ranks how are we only ninth in red zone percentage? Um, I thought we were way lower. Uh, Indiana ranks ninth in the Big Ten in red zone position. Uh, you know, um, in red zone efficiency, they've scored eleven touchdowns, which puts them at eight um, for touchdown percentage. But it's a lot of it's been against Idaho, Western Kentucky. Can they get it done against? you know, a Big Ten yeah. defense like Michigan State. Uh, last week against Penn State, they went 0 for 2. They were 0 for 3 against Cincinnati inside the 10. Uh, you know, Iowa, they ended up settling for field goals, um, even though I think one only one trip into the red zone there. But it's been, if they could take care of the ball and get points, because I, I think a field goal may win this game um, in either direction because I don't think Michigan State's going to put up 40 points like, uh, you know, like some some other teams might. But, you know, you got to be able to put up points when, when you can't. Now, that, if they're down 21 nothing like like they were against Penn State, yeah, you got to go for the touchdown. But early in the game, get a lead, take the three, uh, don't, you know, just try and be efficient and, and things like that. Um, Michigan State will score, but you also have to take advantage. You don't know how many times they're going to be in the red zone, uh, especially early in the game. Take advantage of it. Get the points on the board. Give your offense some confidence uh, and, and things like that. And then you just can't have the turnovers. Uh, Tim Baldwin, uh, for those of you who, who have missed, um, missed the news, Tim Baldwin transferred. He had two, one, a huge fumble, uh, another fumble uh, late in the Western Kentucky game, which uh, IU recovered, um, but he entered the transfer portal. So, you know, the running game behind Stephen Carr is going to be interesting too, but they have to hang on to the ball and Jack Tuttle cannot throw, you know, multiple interceptions, um, you know, trying to make, the, the hero play when he, he, he has the ability to scramble or throw the ball away. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition on, on the running back side, David Ellis uh, out for the rest of the year with uh, he was having a nagging injury that just wasn't going away. Uh, well, turns out he needs surgery on that injury. Um, so we're not going to see David Ellis. We hardly saw him at all this season, unfortunately, and we will not see him the rest of the way. So, you're left with Stephen Carr as the only experienced uh, scholarship running back on the roster. Other guys are, are going to get a chance on Saturday. You know, Carr is not going to play 100% of the snaps. And, at, you know, at most, you're going to see him out there for, I don't know, maybe 70% of the snaps, and that would be a, a huge load. Be high. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have other guys get a chance at wide receiver. You're going to have new guys get a chance uh, at running back. Um, it, it's time. We are going to see different personnel on the offensive side of the ball. The secondary question is, what 
has this coaching staff done? That's Tom Allen. That is Darren Hiller. That is Sheridan. That is Grant Hurd. That is McCullough. What has the staff done with this two-week period to hit the reset button for this offense? What have they done to maximize the personnel that will be available on Saturday? That is to be determined, but I think that the majority of Indiana fans are waiting somewhat skeptically about what is going to occur with the offense and whether or not there are going to be those major changes that we're hoping to see. Now, I think it's very possible that we see not a completely different offense. However, a tweaked offense run by someone in Jack Tuttle that is just more comfortable on the football field than Michael Penix was at this point in his career. Um, I think that that's very possible, that there's going to be tweaks from Sheridan to fit Jack Tuttle's skill set and to correct some of the errors we've seen on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, hopefully, one of those tweaks is less predictability on first down. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to see a, a total sea change on the offensive side of the ball. However, I do think it is going to be, uh, and this is perhaps naive and way too optimistic, but I do think we're going to see Indiana's best offensive performance of the season so far um, against a non, you know, Western Kentucky defense uh, or Idaho defense. I mean, the bar is not real high there. Uh, Michigan State's defense is not Penn State's. It's not Iowa's. And I, I, I think it's comparable to Cincinnati's, but not as good as that. Um, I think Indiana has the potential to get to the low 30s against the Spartans. But if they don't take care of the ball, they don't improve the red zone efficiency, and they don't maximize the personnel that IU does have available, uh, I think we're going to have another frustrating afternoon. And for me, and obviously our opinion on this doesn't matter, but if there have not been adjustments made during this two-week window, uh, I will have seen all that I need to see on the Nick Sheridan offense in that era. Um, I, I will not have any further questions about whether or not that needs to continue into 2022. I think this is a absolutely gigantic statement game for who he's going to be as IU's offensive coordinator. I totally agree. Um, this is – I don't think you're going to see a change. Let's say IU comes out and – look, they haven't scored a touchdown against Big Ten foes this year. They come out and put up 10 points and lose 31-10. I don't think they're making a change midseason, but I agree with no. you. I think that it, it's – the writing's on the wall, and you've seen – you know, the, you've seen all that you need to see because you've had two weeks. You've made the quarterback change. You know, what else is there? There's only one thing else left to change, and that's the play caller. 
Um, yep. And that will probably would come at the end of the year. Uh, looking at the depth chart, TJ, and I asked Tom Allen this question after Penn State um, on special teams, and this caught my eye because you've now lost David Ellis, you've lost yeah. DJ Matthews, and Reese Taylor is a game-time decision, is who's returning kicks and punts? Um, Jacoby Hewitt is listed as the number one kick returner with Stephen Carr backing him up. That is a lot of – that's rolling the dice. I ask him to do a lot as your feature back with not a lot of depth, a kick returner. Then you have Ty Freifogel um, listed as the backup punt returner. However, the depth chart usually is based a lot off of who started the last game and not who's going to start this game. Um, they still have David Ellis listed on the depth chart, and they still have Michael Penix listed as, as a starter, not even an or at quarterback. So it remains to be seen. But, you know, he's Allen said after the game, they just put Freifogel back there so he could fair catch the ball. It is going to be yeah. very difficult to win games if you cannot, if you're just giving up on punt returns. Um, you know, if sure a fair catch every now and then, uh, zero yards is better than a loss or a fumble. But at some point, you Indiana is not good enough on offense to just say to hell with with punt returns uh, and, and things like that. So there's got Tom Allen said they have somebody else. He wouldn't give a name. Uh, maybe we find out who that is on Saturday, especially if Reese Taylor cannot go. What What are your thoughts on the special team situation and and all of that? Well, you cannot have Stephen Carr back there uh, on, on kickoff return. Um, if he's on the field, fine, but he cannot be the one getting tackled on a kick return, given what's behind him at running back. Uh, I think Hewitt makes sense, um, but I, I I really hope that whoever else they've got in mind has some type of uh, ability to to make some people miss and, and get some yardage. Uh, I, I will say it's interesting. Michigan State currently on the season, they've returned two punts for touchdowns out of seven returns averaging 28.29 yards a return, their opponents have returned five times, averaging 3.2 yards per return. So they are, on average, and this is, you know, obviously coming heavily from their two punt return touchdowns, but, you know, it's plus 25 yards on returns, and they've only given up five returns. So Michigan State has a good punter. Uh, they they clearly set up not to give much of an opportunity on returns. Wouldn't be shocking to see the mandate this week of, Hey, just fair catch it. Um, but you know, I, I, I understand that you want to have strong personnel on kick return. Stephen Carr cannot be back there given the depth issues at running back. Um, he's going to be asked to do too much else in the normal offense. You cannot lose that due to an injury on kick return. 
um, you know, one, one thing that I have kind of thought about that I think is going to be an interesting part of this game uh, so far, Michigan State is gaining 7.43 yards per play. They're giving up five yards to play. And if you look at what their defense has given up, uh, they do have a common opponent in Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers threw it on the Spartans, much like they did on IU. Uh, Michigan State was able to pull away a little bit better just, again, because of IU's inefficiency in the red zone in that game. Uh, but Northwestern, a really bad offense, scored 21. Miami scored 17. They, they had some turnovers that could have made that more. Nebraska had 20. And then Rutgers last week with 13. But the Scarlet Knights did put up some yardage. Um, this is a defense that I think they're, they're suspect in coverage. Strong up front in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback and pretty solid against the run, but I think they are susceptible in coverage. I really, really want to see Indiana be aggressive on offense. Give, if it's Jack Tuttle at quarterback, give him a chance to make plays. I really don't want to see a mindset of, oh, we've got our backup quarterback in there. We have to be careful. We've turned it over too many times. We have to be careful. If Tuttle goes out there and struggles early on and prove, you know, you lose trust in it, well, that's one thing. But at least enter the game with the mindset of Tuttle's our guy. We like our personnel. We think we can beat your defense. We're going to go try to make plays and give him a chance to do that. You cannot go into this game hoping that you win it 17 to 14. You've got to go make some plays on offense, and I hope they give Tuttle that chance. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right, and I think that's what's probably bothering IU fans so much is that they haven't been aggressive on offense. They've, you know, eight out of the first nine first down plays are runs. Are, are runs. Some of them are successful. Some of them get stuffed, but there, there was no imagination to it. Um, there, there's no plays that come off of that run. They did a little play action in the second half and against Penn State, and, and that worked well. But there's no end around. There's no screens. There's no draw play. Um, there's just, you know, as half of our fan base, there's like eight plays out of four sets that Indiana runs. So it, it's they've had two. There's no excuse. You know, Jack Tuttle is a more than capable quarterback. He's gone up to Wisconsin and, and beat Wisconsin. He played three-fourths of a bowl game with a, a separated shoulder. Uh, we've seen him throw the ball well this year. Yeah, he threw that one pick, but somebody ran the wrong direction. Uh, and, I, I, you know, he tried to pull it down, I, I think, as well. And that was just a miscommunication. Um, you know, there weren't the blatant just, I'm trying to make a hero play interception from him. Um, so it, it's, they, you got to open it up. What are you saving plays for? You're two and three. Uh, so it, it's, that's been frustrating. Uh, you know, when we, we seen them in fall practice, 
the offense doesn't look like this. It looks much better and much crisper, much, you know, they ran it, um, you know, it looks a little bit, uh, you know, more creative. So I don't know if it's coming from your head guy. I don't know if it's coming from the offensive coordinator, but it's time to trust your players uh, and open it up a little bit. So that's if Indiana doesn't, they're not going to win this game. Like you said, 17, 14. It's just that's not the game of of college football anymore. You know, Nick Saban learned that the hard way, and and he's adjusted. So it's offense is defense is very important. I think until you know, as long as Tom Allen's at IU, the defense is going to be sound. But your offense better be able to score, uh, you know, at least twenty eight points a game to be able to to win games, if not thirty points a game. And Indiana right now. Is just not getting it done offensively. Uh, TJ, let's get into predictions. What is your prediction for Saturday? Are you there? Nope. Am I back? Yep, you're back. Okay. Yeah, perhaps foolishly, uh, I am still believing. I, I do think the bye week came at the perfect time, I think. And this, I'm only going off of just hope here. I'm going to predict that Mullen and Reese Taylor are both able to play, or at least one of them is able to play, um, which is going to help in the secondary. Uh, Whoever plays can match up against Jalen Naylor and, and maybe have some success against him perhaps. Well, Jalen Williams can take the other one. Obviously, if they get them both, that's great. Um, The potential that James Head is back as well uh, up front. So given that plus, I have to believe that they have understood the offensive issues and make steps. It won't be perfect, but they have made steps to correct it. I think Indiana comes out, plays the best complete game that they have yet this season. Uh, maybe not match the highs that we saw against Cincinnati in the first, you know, 20 minutes or so, but the best complete game. I think IU prevails 30-24 over the Spartans. Wow. Um, I'm not that as uh, optimistic as you, TJ. Uh, I think the offense does get some points on the board. I just don't think it's enough. Uh, I think you're correct in that if Reese Taylor and Tywin Mullen play, it changes um, it changes your whole outlook on the game. And you got to um, – they better play. That's all I have to say. Uh, they better play. Um, I, I'm going to take – Michigan State 24, Indiana 21 uh, in this one. It's, I just, I I don't know. I I have to see it to believe it, that this offense is going to get back on track. It's just mind-boggling at how how bad they've been uh, this year on offense. Uh, The defense, the defense holds their own, uh, giving up 24 points is, is not terrible. I think it is a good game. 
Um, you know, you, you wish the crowd was a home crowd was was bigger for IU, but you know, we'll see what the walk up crowd looks like. But I, I'm going to take Spartans 24 21 um, in this one. Yeah, I I think it's fair. I mean, my prediction is based solely on hope that the bye week has and the and the quarterback change and um, you know that that has kind of out of desperation, something good comes out on offense. Uh, it's not a prediction that is based on anything that we've seen on the field. Um, so I think it's fair to, to, to predict that way. We're going to see. I'm certainly incredibly interested to see how this team responds to the two and three start, the bye week, uh, the injuries they've had, and another top 10 team coming into Bloomington. Um, I think it's it's a huge opportunity, uh, but also, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot to lose on Saturday as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the game. I'm excited to see how the Hoosiers respond and kind of kind of set the table for where we go from here as far as the rest of the season goes. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to to watch play out. Thankfully, uh, it will unfold at noon as opposed to at night. Well, that's you know, we've got the night game for Ohio State. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, Ohio State, the Ohio State game a week from Saturday will be at 7.30 on ABC. Uh, Saturday's game against Michigan State is a noon game, as TJ said, and will be on Fox Sports 1. Um, my prediction, TJ, again, is also based off of it would change if I knew that Reese Taylor and Tywin Mullen were playing. I'd probably take IU to win if I knew that both of them were playing for sure. Uh, this game time decision stuff has made me nervous about that. So yeah. hopefully it's just gamemanship. Um, but that if you could lock down those wide receivers and stack the box, uh, Indiana has a really good chance of, uh, of winning especially if the offense, even if the offense puts up 21, 24 points, if you can make Michigan State one-dimensional, uh, I, I think that you could hold them uh, beneath the, to what IU scores. And again, according to our astute readers, uh, the key to any game is scoring more points uh, than your opponent, unless it is golf. So that does it for uh, today's podcast. TJ, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your week, uh, and hopefully uh, we come back on Monday uh, with a happy homecoming podcast heading into the Ohio State game. Yeah, I'd love to have a recap show where you don't have to be too salty. That'd be that'd be nice for sure. All right, that does it for today's podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, come back to the site. We have all of our uh, pre-game stuff being uploaded today and tomorrow. We'll have our game day primer from TJ as well uh, at HoosierHuddle.com. Anyway, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Have a safe and happy homecoming if you're heading down to Bloomington. Uh, keep an eye on traffic as well. We put up, um, you know, traffic alerts and things like that on the site. Uh, yesterday, gates are opening early tomorrow and early for Ohio State. So take a look at um, the game day operations article we put out. 
We'll talk on Monday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.